Today, we spend a few more minutes with the idea of reconciliation. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Thank you for joining us again on Preach Impediments. This podcast is made possible by EdenHollow.com. And of course, we would love for you to go over there and check out the things happening with Eden Hollow. Well, thank you for joining me on Preach Impediments. So let's spend a few more minutes with the idea of reconciliation or the idea of being reconciled, particularly the idea of being reconciled to God. I'll be honest, I've spent some time thinking about the conversation I had with Jared Hagen the other day, and it was an excellent conversation. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And as I think back, there's not a whole lot else to say about the idea of reconciliation. And I don't want to do an episode that's just repetitive of what we've already talked about. That seems like it would be wasting your time. And of course, I don't want to do that. We do know that being reconciled to God means to be brought back into a right relationship with him. So when we talk about being reconciled, if we talk about it in terms of marriage, you've got a husband and a wife who have broken their marriage for some reason, whether that is just a separation or that is divorce. And we talk about them going to counseling in order that they might reconcile. So that idea of bringing the relationship from a broken status back to a, an unbroken, a fixed status, really, to put it with the idea of forgiveness, which we've talked about on a previous episode, it's the idea of bringing the relationship back to the where it was before it was broken, or maybe even better than it was before it was broken. And so reconciliation involves humility, it involves forgiveness, really it involves the willingness of the betrayed to be uh, willing to forgive, and it involves the willingness of the betrayer to be forgiven. And so there's that, that relationship that is restored and made new again because of reconciliation. So you go back and you look at our main passage for reconciliation, which is over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I do think there's an interesting point that we should dwell on for a few minutes in today's episode. It's just worth thinking about. Uh, this will be a little bit more personal and a little bit more, uh, I, I hope, introspective for you as we think about the idea of being reconciled to God. Well, the message for today that I really want to focus on is found in verse 20. So let me go back and read that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. This is after Christ reconciling us to himself, a God that reconciled us through Christ. Those things have already been mentioned back in verse 16 down through 19. And you come to this verse, verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
So we have here, uh, I think, what are probably three points. And uh, I'm sorry for that. That's kind of my uh, preacher habits to always come up with three points when I see something. But there are three points that I really want to talk about in today's episode. One is this idea of God making his appeal through us. What does that mean? You know, God, being all-powerful, being all-knowing, being ever-present in every place, he works through us. He is reaching out to the world and talking to the world through our lips. And so what we do when we go out into the world is we are representing God, the words we use, the actions we engage in, the thoughts we share, the relationships that we build, those all reflect God and God making an appeal to the world that, hey, I want you to come to me. Look at Adam and see the kind of life he lives. You should want that. And so if I'm living the kind of life that God has asked me to live, then the world will see that and want to have a part in that. If I'm not, then I'm not really representing God very well. So God is appealing to the world through me. And it, according to this passage, one of the ways he does that is through the message that I deliver to the world. So that's our second point for today's episode. Uh, our message is a very simple, in this case, four-word message. That's it. I am supposed to go out into the world and I am to exclaim to everybody, be reconciled to God. Those are the words I'm supposed to use. And maybe I don't have to use those exact words, but that is very clearly the message I'm supposed to be teaching the world. That I'm supposed to be out there talking to people about the fact that they need to fix their life or maybe they need to come to God so that he can fix their life. That's a better way of wording it. They should be put back into a relationship with God. Well, that will, as we talked about in our earlier episode with Jared, require me to spend some time talking about the fact that they're in a broken relationship with God. But in a lot of ways, that means I have to share with them not only that God wants this, but that God has made it possible. Well, this looks very different depending on who you're talking to. If you're talking to somebody who has no religious background whatsoever, well, then it is as simple as just telling them who God is and what God has made possible. That, that's pretty simple. You just show people what the Bible says, this great story of what Jesus has done, and hey, Here's what to do about it. That is a message we can share with the world because they will recognize their sin if they recognize the teachings of Scripture. This becomes a little more difficult when it is in the context of teaching religious people who believe they are already reconciled to God. And so how do you do that? One of the best ways that I like to do that is I like to compare our relationship with God with our relationships with our spouses or uh, with those that we're dating before we're spouses. Uh, I will often use the story of my wife and I. You know, she and I met when we were in college in Tampa. 
We, in our second year, started dating. We started dating at the end of October. And I knew pretty quickly that I wanted to marry her. So we started actually, weirdly, having some of those types of conversations. We didn't actually officially get engaged until the following year in the springtime. And then we had planned to get married the following year in springtime, but ended up moving that wedding up to November. Well, that whole scenario, whether you know all the details of it or not, you can answer this question for me. At what point did I start having a relationship with her? Was it when we went on our first date? I think most of us would probably argue that it was even before that, when we became friends, when we knew each other. And that relationship from the time we first met to today has been growing, has been developing, has been changing. We have been building this relationship together. I'm very lucky in that I've never had a broken relationship with my wife. And not our, our marriage has never been broken. We never broke up when we were dating. So we've always had a very amicable and peaceful relationship with one another. But that idea of growing the relationship, I think, is important because it helps us to see that we can also grow a relationship with God. Here's my point. At what point in my wife and my relationship did we finally become truly committed to one another and truly belonging to each other. Well, I think we would all agree that that officially became true at our wedding. Before that point, we felt like we belonged to each other. And before that point, we definitely had a sense of commitment to each other, but we had not truly made the commitment. And I think the same is true with many people in the religious world where they are growing in their relationship with God but they might not have officially committed themselves and declared they belong to God because we see that that happens in baptism. And so that official recognition of the relationship that puts us into the family committed relationship with God where he adopts us as his children, that happens in baptism. And so we've got to go out into the world and tell people, here's how to come and be officially recognized as a child of God. Here's how to come and truly belong to him and be reconciled to him. Because if you have sinned, you have broken your relationship with God. And God wants to justify, to forgive, to reconcile with you so that you can be in that right relationship with him again. And so that's our third point, actually, that we are to plead on Christ's behalf. We are to get out there and beg the world, be reconciled to God. Please, please, please come be reconciled to God. I bring that up because I think there's a tendency or a trend within God's people to wait for seekers to come to us. And I'm not sure that that really is a biblical pattern at all. Our job is not to cause seekers to come to us, but to go to a world that needs God and plead with them 
be reconciled to God. Now, maybe bringing people to us is one of many ways that we can try to meet people. But if we're not out there with the world and trying to share God's message with people, then we are not doing the job that we've been commissioned to do as ambassadors. And that's really what we are. Here in this very verse, it says we are ambassadors for Christ. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? We know what an ambassador is in our modern day government. There's somebody who goes to a foreign government where they don't belong and they represent their own government to a foreign people. And so they go into that foreign government. They hopefully speak the language. They hopefully have some understanding of the culture, but they are there to represent their own language, their own culture, and their own government. Well, we're in the world doing the same thing. We, we know the language of the world. We know the culture of the world. And what we're doing is going out and saying, hey, here's what my king says. Here's what my master has for you. Here's how my citizenship in this kingdom can make a difference for you. So why don't we do that? I hear a lot of excuses from a lot of people. Some will claim fear. They're, they're scared that they'll say the wrong thing. They're scared that, that maybe they won't know what to say. Uh, there's a lack of preparation on their part. Sometimes that's the issue. Sometimes people say they don't know. Uh, and again, that kind of goes along with that lack of preparation. The truth is all there within the pages of the Bible. It just requires us to prepare a little bit. I think for some people, if we're truly being honest, there's a lack of desire. Uh, they, they don't want to go out there in the world and talk to people. Either they don't care about those people or probably more likely they care too much about their own ability to fit in. And so they want to honestly have a little bit of the world and a little bit of heaven at the same time. They want to have a foot in each place. They want to kind of walk the line between the two and have the best of both worlds. Well, you can't when you're an ambassador. When you are an ambassador and your country is in conflict with the country you are there doing your work in, you have to choose your own country. You have to choose your own king. And we know that our king is in conflict with this world. And so if we have to choose between the two, we need to choose our king, our kingdom, and the citizenship that we have because of God. Uh, imagine yourself an ambassador in the world. Imagine that you truly don't belong here but you're here because you have a job to do. How would you change the way that you act? Would you be confident? Would you get out there and tell the message that your king has told you to tell? Would you get out there and live with purpose in a way maybe you've not been living? We need to be the ambassadors for Christ that are out there in the world pleading, be reconciled to God. Because a world that does not reconcile themselves to God or a person who is not reconciled to God has nothing but horror in their future. And I hope that you will help them see the hope that Christ gives. 
I hope this episode has been useful and helpful to you. Again, it the, the concept of reconciliation is such a simple concept, but it is a bold and wonderful concept. And so I do hope this will encourage you to go out in the world and deliver his message. Be those ambassadors that he's asked us to be. Be reconciled to God. That's our message. And we need to get out there and share it. And one way you can share that very easily is by pointing people to this podcast. We are trying our best to get God's word out there in front of as many people as possible. So if you'll share this podcast with others, the more people that hear it, the more who can be encouraged and the more who can grow. I hope that you'll tune in next week as we continue exploring different ideas from scripture and really simplifying them down in ways that anybody can understand. Until next time, 